Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard, where nostalgia replaces REM cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. And we haven't slept... In 30 years. This is a podcast about the 90s classic cartoon Darkwing Duck, where local supervillains can mutate your Swahili-speaking daughter for fun and profit, regardless of the deterioration of her mental state. That's right, friends. Today we're discussing the episode Slime Okay, You're Okay, plucked fresh from the dumpster outside Angie's apartment. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> so, yeah. How, how are you feeling? Mental health check. How you doing since we watched your favorite episode? I dragged my feet on watching this to the point where I actually only watched it an hour ago. <laughs> Perfect. I watched it a few days ago and then looked at my notes and was like, I don't remember any of this. So I just watched it again about an hour ago. Oh my god, you put yourself through this twice. Just for you, my dear. Oh my goodness. Well, it's fresh in my mind, unfortunately. But before we start, I wanted to insert the How's That Donut clip for our good friend in the St. Canard server, Naz. Yeah, it's my, it's my favorite. It is from Let's Get Respectable. Do you want to describe this situation that brought this clip into existence? Absolutely. It's a, a scene that comes in, I think, after a commercial. Something truly ludicrous had happened, and I'm pretty sure it involved Darkwing having to revamp his image, and this is his first big debut in the police department. And it's one of those sweeping shots that, you know, takes in the whole police station. And there's two cops thicker kind of cop guy and a skinny looking cop guy i'm pretty sure both dog noses and the little guy is holding a donut in his hand and as we pan past them just the bigger one goes how's that donut <laughs> that's it <laughs> and it just keeps going and then darkwing shows up throwing flower petals or whatever ridiculous thing he's doing and i just i i watch it at least eight times every time it happens <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, well, that is going into the introduction of our podcast because I felt like somebody out there needed to hear it, and it was Naz. Yep. You know why? Because we need to know how that donut is. We never know. It's a great unanswered question in Dark Green Duck. Forget all the other ones. That's the one we need to know. It's true. All right, so for those of you who would like to watch the episode before we get into the the greasy, gloppy depths of this episode. It is season one, episode 57 on Disney+. Plus. I did not, ah, oh man, I meant to look at the description of the episode because it was probably like, Bushroot and Darkwing have to work together. <laughs> it's like the other one. Because that's one thing that I did notice on the second rewatch of this is that this one, Bushroot and Darkwing kind of team up and the, the other one, Twitching Channels, Megavolt and Darkwing kind of team up. So... Look at that. Do you want to recap the episode or do you want me to? The episode recap is that this episode belongs in the dumpster. Okay, you, your your opinions haven't been altered by the fresh rewatching of this? This episode makes me uncomfortable at a deep spiritual level. And I actually did make notes specifically on what was making me uncomfortable in this episode because there was a few things. But just on the whole of... All the episodes in this series, this is the only one that I just don't like it and it makes me feel uncomfortable. Feels like it should be ending with you taking a bath. Yes, and I don't know. It, it just doesn't feel as dark wingy as some of the other episodes, and I don't even know how to put that into words. Okay. 
it seems to me this episode seemed like a very sloppy not just in a slimy sort of way a sloppy episode to try to get that moral in because mm. i feel like i don't think every episode of darkwing has a moral but this one definitely does and it, it's just it's just not well done so the if you don't feel like pausing and watching the episode, the, the basic strokes of it are Goslin and Drake get into a disagreement wherein Goslin has kind of been using Launchpad as an indentured servant because she beat him at a game of trivial trivia in Swahili because apparently Goslin could speak Swahili. Yeah, so, so Darkwing is like, you don't use your friends, you help them. <laughs> and of course then... You know, he gets called away to a crime where Bushroot is trying to make a friend for himself. And I wonder if that lesson will come in at all every five seconds. <laughs> and uh, in the process of doing this, he accidentally exposes Goslin to it. And Goslin turns into a slimy green monster that wants to eat everything. And Darkwing is, of course, immediately repulsed because he's got a weak stomach, I guess, for people that he loves that suddenly turned gross and <laughs> yeah it just kind of deteriorates from there goslin tries to help him and then darkwing realizes that she has a sort of superpower and immediately exploits her completely forgetting the moral of her episode and then of course it ties up nicely in the end where everybody remembers this lesson and goslin is degoopified somehow but yeah, that's basically the broad strokes of this episode. Would you like me to start with some of my notes? Please, because I feel like you took more notes this time than I did. Okay, I'm going to give you some context. I don't know where I got these episodes from, but at some point in time, I managed to get a hold of the DVD quality versions of every single episode, not just the ones that came out on volumes one and two of the mm. DVDs. I have all of them, even hot spells in DVD quality. Nice. But there is a catch. I don't know the source or even how this worked, but they're German. The titles are German and the audio is English, but there's a few episodes where every so often it will accidentally switch over to German and then switch back. Oh. So <laughs> I remember specifically I was watching Monsters RS and they go through the portal and they fall into the castle and suddenly they're all speaking German and it took me a full minute to realize this wasn't actually how the episode goes. Well, so, that portal sure did click them right over to, uh, <laughs> to Germany, I guess. Yeah, so I don't even know why there's DVD quality of every episode and only in Germany. I think maybe they were available on like Germany, Amazon or somewhere and somebody must have taken the English audio and put it over top the visuals. So for this episode, I decided I was watching it from the good quality DVD episodes, and I can't even tell you where I got them from. I do not remember. I just have them. <laughs> to start, the episode name that popped up was Glibber Monster Kiki Erpel. And I went on <laughs> and I went on over to uh, Google Translate. <laughs> And it translates to Slippery Monster Kiki Erpel. And Kiki Erpel is Goslin's name in the Germany version of Darkwing Duck. Erpel. Kiki Erpel. Yeah, Erpel is Drake. It is a male duck in German. Okay. So Kiki Drake 
and Drake is Eddie Urple. <laughs> All right, I'm liking this already. I think I watched the Negadec one of that, the German version, and it's just called Megavolt's Son. Yes, it is. It's Megavolt's Son <laughs> with like an S-O-H-N. <laughs> Father? <laughs> oh, that's something that slipped by the censors there, Tad. We know. We know the secret. Indeed. Although that was the galvanized version, and he, he basically is Megavolt's son because he made the transplitter. But that's another episode. That's a good episode that we can't talk about because we have to talk about this episode instead. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So Kiki, what was it? Kiki Erpel. Kiki Erpel. Okay. So that's your first note. What's and then note? the second note I have is that her name, so in the episode... Goslin gives herself a superhero name after she turns into a slime monster, and she calls herself Yucky Duck. Yep. And I have here the German version was Schleimy Duck, like S C H L E I M. So the audio was in German? No, it was in English. Oh, okay. But the visuals, so the title card for Darkwing Duck and for the episode yes. name and the credits was all in German. Huh. Okay. All right. Slimy Duck. And then we start off with, it looks like they're playing the Duck Versian version of Monopoly. With real money. With real money and a lot of it. Stacks. Stacks and stacks of and, money. Yeah. And the only thought, aside from the fact that Drake apparently is a bit sadistic and really enjoys... He said something about reducing people to poverty and humiliating them, and he was just having way too good a time there. But Goslin was the one that was actually doing good and winning, and my only note for that is she is a future capitalist. Yes, especially once we realize that she has already beaten the flight cap off Launchpad and has him cleaning her room. The episode begins with the first of the I Am the Terror speeches as Drake is preparing to... He just really wasn't paying attention, I guess, to who had what properties. But it's actually a pretty bad one. It's like, I am the terror, the flaps in the night, I am the fingernail that scrapes the blackboard of your soul. <laughs> like, oh, okay, and we're just playing Monopoly, Drake? Are you, are you okay? Sounds so. like some kind of poem I would have written in sixth grade. Yes. My soul is as black as this chalk chalkboard, <laughs> and your fingernail that scrapes down my heart. <laughs> Being a terrible jerk and, and losing, like just completely oblivious losing to this child, and she has no remorse. One thing I like about Gauze is they do give her a lot of, I don't want to say negative traits, but they give her flaws that make sense to her character and I find them fun and interesting and one of them is that she's quite intelligent and she is very good at coming up with schemes. Remember Dryhard, the Liquidator episode when there's a bunch of construction workers working on the street and she pulls out a bunch of salty chips and she pours a whole thing of salt on them and then puts them out and offers them for free to the construction workers who are yeah. now dying of thirst. And then she, yeah. <laughs> she pulls out fake bottled water that is just from the hose and she, oh, yeah. <laughs> she upcharges it and sells it to these poor people who are dying of thirst because they just ate these salty chips. And you can kind of see that in this episode, too, where 
she apparently neither Drake or Launchpad knew that Goslin could speak Swahili, and she made a bet with Launchpad that I don't even know what the bet was, but we can only assume that if Launchpad lost, he would have to do her homework and clean her room. And then he says, well, how was I supposed to know that you speak Swahili? So clearly she tricked him into it. Yes, she did. Also, I feel like she should totally hand in her homework with the little airplane that he drew on it when he got confused doing math. Absolutely. Also, since we're in that scene, she rushes up there because Drake challenges her to that game knowing that she can't speak Swahili. But then in looking at her room, she's got a basketball hoop in her room but there's a ladder just leads up to nowhere like maybe a tiny little crawl space behind the basketball hoop i just looked at it for a while i was like what's is this like the winchester mystery house do we have to keep building doors and ladders to nowhere or the ghosts of avian way past are gonna come and i mean if that was the case i feel like if goslin knew that she would welcome them she would you know immediately stop construction but yeah it's it was just kind of took me a second to go, where does that ladder go? Oh, nowhere. Okay, cool. I found that Drake in particular could be pretty callous with Launchpad and even Goslin sometimes. And you see that again at the beginning of this episode. He's very competitive. I think you kind of see it through all of it. He's exceptionally rude to Launchpad in this episode. Oh, yes. In several spots. I think I actually wrote a few of them down, too, because I was like, Drake, you're being a hypocrite, because he goes on about, you know, you don't use your friends, you don't mistreat them, and then a little bit later, he's hitting Launchpad with a rolled-up newspaper, like he's a a bad dog. It's like a misbehaving puppy. Especially in this episode, it's for completely innocent things. Like, when he hits Launchpad with a newspaper, it's because he said, oh my god, you know, a, a mutant duck has broken into the whatever nursery. The nursery, yeah. Oh, the babies! <laughs> and they just start beating the man with a newspaper like plants. Like, what? Drake, what did you just tell your daughter about? You're nice to your friends. Don't use your friends. Don't beat them with newspapers. Maybe he should have added that part. Oh, man. It's true. And then there's a point later on when Bushroot makes the hedge edgy, sentient, and it's creeping up to attack Darkwing, and Launchpad says, what do you think it wants? And Darkwing is like, ooh, what do you think it wants? And like, makes fun of, like, it's a valid question, it hasn't attacked yet, like, why are you being such a dick? Please, calm down. Oh, this is what I mean, though. What I said in the previous, I guess, our first episode, we were putting everything into categories. I said Drake is a character. He is a jerk. And that's why we love him. But I felt this episode pushed it past the point where it wasn't really endearing anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there needs to be a balance. Like, you have to still like him. And in this episode, he's just super mean. He is. I mean, there's parts that are nice. He originally is trying to, you know, find out what's wrong with Goslin and fix her. But that gets thrown out the window pretty quickly once he realizes that he can use her. And immediately sends her into the sewers. Yes, and she doesn't want to do it. And he's like, do you want to help or not? (laughs) Like, jeez Louise. To backpedal a little bit there. There's a, like, supercomputer alarm. Yes in their house all of a sudden and when they go to use it 
the first time there's a picture of Drake and Goslin covering their ears on the wall that, you know, has hidden the trigger that lets them get in access to the computer. And when they go back and use it later in the episode, that picture is now launch pad covering their eyes, I think. In like the next few frames, it's back to Drake and Goslin again. You're so observant. I didn't notice that at all. So that was a little weird too. But also that alarm was so loud they could hear it in her bedroom upstairs. Her model foot must hear that thing all the time. It sounded like it was a new thing because both LP and Gauze were like, what's that? And then he explains the high techorama, which is his newest gadget that can tell you when a crime is occurring. And they're both like, where? And he's like, ah, shit, I knew I forgot something. (laughs) (laughs) But luckily he's got KRYM radio that he can listen in on, which he should have done the second time too. But also I would absolutely listen to America's Funniest Misdemeanors. That's actually my next note was that I said I would watch it. See what happens. That was fun. I liked that. The one thing about this episode that I thought doesn't really save it, but this was an episode that introduces a lot of Darkwing's gadgets. And I feel like depending on the episode, that's completely forgotten. And you totally forget that Darkwing is a character that has a whole bunch of cool techie gadgets. But there was several introduced in this episode and they're all completely ridiculous, but very Mm -hmm. funny and creative. And I do like that. And I like when they do that in other episodes as well, because sometimes it's completely forgotten. Yeah, just little one-off things. I think most of them get eaten by Goslin in this episode. (laughs) But yeah, so then they find out that Bushroot is in the nursery, not full of babies. And he's got a pretty good opening line there in his little monologue. And he finishes with, there's only one thing left to do, cackle madly. I was (laughs) like, all right, that's pretty good. I'll also put my cards on the table and say that I am not a big Bushroot fan. I don't mind him. I don't hate him, but I wouldn't say he's my favorite either. He just kind of annoys me, which is interesting because I usually gravitate towards the nerdy characters. Like Donatello is my favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Lexington was my favorite gargoyle. It's just Bushroot doesn't do it for me. He's okay. Like I don't, I don't hate him, but he's not in my top five. Have you noticed he's that the newer generation of people watching the show who were not born in the 90s, interpret him as an incel? I think you told me about that, yeah, which is how I get most of my information. But I could see that, especially considering, uh, you know, his first episode is Beauty and the Beat, which is absolutely like a Bride of Frankenstein situation, which, you know, does not hit very well. There's one for the let's get problematic category, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time, our A round. But also... Spike is a good boy. He is. Spike is a very good boy. And that's the other part of this, too, is that that's the other parallel where you're not supposed to use your friends, you're supposed to whatever, to help them. And Spike is a good friend. Spike is a good friend to Bushroot, and he treats him very much like Darkwing treats Launchpad, except for Bushroot is nicer. There's even a point, because you mentioned in our first episode, when talking about this, that Darkwing pushes Goslin away when she hugs him, when she's the slime creature, when she's Yucky Duck. And Bushroot does the same thing to Spike. Spike goes to hug him and Bushroot pushes him away forcefully. Do you think that was on purpose that they made that parallel? 
Oh, I don't know that they, I mean, it was purposeful on Bushroot's end that he pushed him away and he pushed him away very forcefully. Darkwing just kind of like sidesteps and shoves a little bit like Bushroot puts his back into it, puts his bark into it. So but I thought that was very interesting and I don't feel like anybody really was very keen to pick up on their own advice in this episode. A launchpad was the only one that was like, yeah, I'm your friend. I'm here to help you the entire time. And I don't feel like he got any recognition for it. Poor Launchpad. I recognize you, Launchpad. <laughs> I was looking at Goslin's logic because she's grounded after taking advantage of Launchpad. So Darkwing and Launchpad go off to investigate the crime and they leave Goslin at home. She's going through it because he's like, you don't treat your friends that way. You're supposed to help your friends or something like that. And Goslin's Too like... Yeah, it's a two-way street. And Goslin's like, hmm, but if he and Launchpad are friends, then surely they need help right now. So that means she should leave the house and actually go and help them. She twists it around. And I got to say, she's definitely somebody who will find loopholes in the system, the corrupt system. That's what we to be reckoned with, too. And I love her. I think she's great. Like, ever since I was a little kid, because she's not the typical girl character that was on tv at the time i don't really watch too much tv these days you know the younger demographic but she's funky and she's like a tomboy but still i don't know she's just interesting and she has a very much like a con man kind of side to her but she keeps drake in his place so well when the writers allow it before and we'll talk about again that the writing is very inconsistent as far as the characters and their characterization. I mean, for the main crew tend to be the same, but to different extremes, I think. Indeed. I did put one note that Goslin's logic, I said the only issue with it is that she was referring to her own dad as a friend. And parents aren't your friends. They're your parents. But actually, much to my surprise, later on in the episode, Darkwing actually calls her on that. And he's like, I'm not your friend. I'm your dad. And I was like, oh. He actually said something sensible for once. Well, I, I could give her a pass on that one because he is her dad, but he was her friend first. True. That's my playing Goslin advocate right there. <laughs> Other uh. observations I had, because we got to Spike, and Bushroot is creating his concoction, which is a formula called IQ2U, which is supposed to turn... what it does. It's supposed to turn plants into smart, intelligent beings so that he can have more friends and people like him. And I guess the joke there is that Spike is literally right there and he's ignoring him and doesn't seem to realize that Spike is his friend. So Spike's chasing a fly and for some reason there was this really jazzy music playing in the background. <laughs> I thought it was quite nice. I was like, oh, that's actually a bit of a bop. It was excessively jazzy. I was like, Bushroot gets his music? And then one observation I made that actually surprised me, after Darkwing shows up and Darkwing is looking for Bushroot, who is hiding, but Spike is now 10 feet tall because he accidentally drank a growth formula, I guess. And Bushroot says to Spike, remind me to prune you when we get home. And I'm like, wait a second, the greenhouse isn't Bushroot's home? No, this is the botanical place that he, he broke into. But, you know, it does look almost exactly like his own greenhouse. 
Okay. Because he does go to his greenhouse later on, and it is, I think, the same background. But yes, as Darkwing comes in here, this is our second and final I am the terror that flaps in the night speech from Darkwing in this episode, and it is I am the spinach that sticks to your teeth. By the time he's done with his little speech, they're hiding. They're hiding very inexpertly, but he's like, oh, i got to work on a shorter speech, and then Goslin does the same thing later on. I thought that was pretty funny. Like father, like it's, daughter. It's a pretty long speech, and in that sequence, Bushroot says something about trees, and Darkwing's like, there's no trees in here, and there are literally trees everywhere. <laughs> but he is definitely standing next to a row of trees in pots when he says there's no trees in here. So Darkwing is not very familiar with botany. And, and yeah, and then Bushroot summons a bunch of little potted trees with teeth that come in to attack them. And for some reason, Launchpad says, well, now that's what I call little tree action. Yeah. What does that mean? Was that like a pun? No. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I thought that too. I, I did not understand what he said. I thought that might have been what he said, but it, it made no sense to me that my brain was like, obviously, that's not what he says. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't. Little tree action. <laughs> and then Bushroot fat shames Spike because Spike is so big he can't fit through the door. Uh-huh, yep. Oh, as soon as we get home, you are going on a diet! <laughs> and then when it gets outside and Goslin hips her tail in the toxic ooze or whatever it is, the, the serum that I cue to you, Spike just straight up bridal carries Bushroot away. <laughs> Very romantic. At this point in my notes, I started compiling a list of names that DW calls Bushroot throughout this episode because there were several. Oh, good. Yeah. I have broccoli brain, mm-hmm. vile veg head, yeah. fertilizer face, mm-hmm. vanilla, uh, no, vanilla. <laughs> mm. Villainous vegetable. Uh-huh. Geranium face, but that's Goslin who that, calls him that. That is, yuck, that is yucky duck. And the last one is boob. <laughs> Ending out strong. He's just over it. The writers were like, we can't, we've exhausted this list of names that we've already had. He's used all of them. Just call him a boob. (laughs) Oh, man. Very good. Very good. Our Darkwing. He sure has a way with words. So Goslin falls in the slime because she's skateboarding like a cool 90s kid to rescue. Yeah, because Darkwing handcuffs himself to Bushroot. And then Goslin skateboards in and she's trying to save them. She hits something or she goes flying. She lands in the goop. Then she crashes into Darkwing and Launchpad. Bushroot escapes, but he says to Goslin, Um, uh, thanks for the rescue, whoever you are. And then he leaves. (laughs) He just straight up twanged out of that handcuff. Kind of makes you wonder why Darkwing would try to put handcuffs on him in the first place. (sighs) This episode, (laughs) I tell you. At this point, nothing too terrible has happened. Very soon, we get to some of the stuff that I do not like. Okay, so I started to doubt myself here. It switches over to Bushroot. He's putting together his formula, and he creates Hedgy, which is the sentient hedge monster. Also, in this place, he is now in his own lab that looks exactly like the greenhouse that he was in before, except I think this one's on a cliff. Also, in the center of his little laboratory is a wooden table. <laughs> Shrew. Come on, man. 
if you got a theme, stick with it. Don't display. It would be like Megavolt having a whole bunch of broken light bulbs in the center of his living room. I'm sorry. It bothered me. Continue. <laughs> I started doubting myself because I remembered a sentient lawn creature that was sexy and had eyelashes and it was a woman. But this was a terrifying zombie lawn creature. And I was like, did I misremember this? Did I choose to replace this in my head with a sexy female version because I couldn't cope with it. But we'll get to that later. She's here for you, don't worry. (laughs) And then Goslin, I can't remember. I guess Drake walks into her bedroom and she's turned into a slime monster. Yeah, I think he's going to wake her up for school and she's looking at herself in the mirror. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, I gotta tell him that you're sick. You can't go to school like this. And he's like, maybe I'll tell him you have bubonic plague. I'll write a note saying you can't go to school because you're a gelatinous glob of algae. On second thought, I'll say you've got bubonic plague. It's more believable. She looks kind of sad about that. Yeah, as she's oozing everywhere. Right after she had Launchpad clean her room and everything. She's taking it very well. She's very excited about it, which isn't really surprising considering it's Goslin and she loves like horror movies and stuff. Yeah, she loves gross stuff. She thinks it's cool. So he takes her to the Darkwing Tower and we meet the next invention that he has, which is a state-of-the-art computer and slimy matter analyzer. And then she's like, oh, print out some glossies for me. And he's like, it's not a camera, but it also has like the little look at the birdie thing. (laughs) So who's being confusing now, Darkwing? And then he oh so cleverly reveals that she's made of slime. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then he has another invention, which looks more like a torture device because it's an electronic disperser, which splits atoms or something like that. Yeah, he's going to like split her duck atoms from the plant atoms or something. Yes. And I was questioning where he gets all these gadgets from, but I do remember in the episode Frequency Fiends, I feel like it's Shush that was sending him cool gadgets. So I wonder if that's where he gets them from. She just gets cerebellum's hand-me-downs. I'd take them. I mean, I would too. Be like, the hands, hand-me-downs are the actual hands that came off when <laughs> she was testing it the first time. And then he zaps Goslin. She splits up into, like, four or five different little tiny slime versions of herself. And they scatter all over the lair, and they're chasing after them. And then DW says, Hey! Come back here, young ladies! I'm just gonna say, I think the Gaza slimes are adorable. They are. They're cuter. Yeah, I couldn't tell what they were saying, too. I think they might have just been making noises, but I really wanted them to just be saying keen gear over and over and over again. <laughs> but I don't know if I was just imagining that. She also has not said keen gear in this episode yet. She only says it once, hmm. which is interesting. So from this point, they've given up for the time being because she recombines herself and then they go back to the house and there is another crime occurring and Darkwing whips out the machine again and this time he's prepared and he's like another evildoer is doing evil somewhere in saint canard where i knew you were going to ask me that but this time i'm ready and then he proceeds to do an incredibly long mathematical equation that lasts from the time that the sun is up to it sets they've been there a long time and they're like drifting off to sleep And frankly, mood, because that's probably how long it would take me to solve a mathematical equation. There's also something that happens in that scene of Goslin and Launchpad falling asleep on the couch that a paper hits the back window that's behind them. Yes. 
for no for no reason. Yes, the evening paper. And I need to ask you, is the evening paper a thing in the U.S.? In the 90s, it might have been. It's not now. But that's the back of the house. Huh. That's the back of the house. Darkwing and his mega computer are at the front of the house, like on the front end of the house, because then the newspaper gets delivered to the door. Uh, Goslin and Launchpad are sitting on the couch with the window behind them, which I don't think there was always a window behind the couch. You know what? <laughs> what are floor plans? Darkwing Duck has no floor plans. And then we get to the part that we discussed earlier where they see that a crime has been committed at the nursery. Plant Duck invades St. Canard Nursery! Someone's broken into the St. Canard Nursery? <gasps> oh, there's poor babies! Not that kind of nursery launch pad, a plant nursery! I thought was actually kind of cute and endearing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So then he gets smacked around, and during this, Bushra is not very aware of his surroundings, because the first time, he just hides, and they find him immediately. And the second time, they just flat-out walk up behind him. <laughs> and tap him on the shoulder. <laughs> and that's where we get to the, the part where he summons Hedgie, and <laughs> Launchpad asks, what do you suppose it wants? And we get to... Darkwing's mean, mocking voice. What do you suppose it wants? What do you suppose it wants? Valid question, Darkwing. Jeez Louise. I will say the lawn repeatedly screaming food and eating everything in sight is very relatable. Oh, hedgy, you mean? Yeah, hedgy. That's a big mood. Seems like he's going to eat them. And then Yucky Duck comes in with her Darkwing-esque introduction which i did not write down but yeah and then she kind of thwarts it and then she thinks she's in trouble but darkwing is actually pleased because she managed to be useful and he realizes that they can actually use her as a superhero to fight crime and it's like uh, goslin is always useful like goslin it, it helps him out so much I mean, he might not like it because she's proving how stupid and close-minded he is half the time. But it's just the way that he's like, oh, well, now you can be useful. Get in these sewers, child. Okay. And then she's like, uh, come on, Dad. I've already searched every sewer, dump, and fertilizer factory in the city. Yes, but that's just this city. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where are we going? Dial it back, Darkwing. Where's going? Every sewer. He's looking for Jim Starling, everybody. And then we see a short scene where Hedgie starts to melt into goop. And Bushroot says, I mean, I know I'm not one to talk, but you don't look so good. <laughs> it's nice that he has some self-awareness. He does. He has low self-esteem. He really does. This is also the part afterwards where Darkwing deflects Goslin's hug, which mm -hmm. is illegal in all states exactly as it should be throw him in jail but you know what we do get to see next tell me hamburger hippo i know i wrote it down in caps <laughs> <laughs> hamburger hippo and unlike last time it is a packed house man until goslin approaches and she is starving and she is basically me when i'm having a craving <laughs> and i just eat everything in sight Nom, 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 nom. Scarfing down some burgers, Dad. And this is one of the scenes that made me very uncomfortable. She's 
scarfing the stuff down and she's got slime all over the food and she offers it to them and Launchpad's like, sure. And he goes over and he starts eating the fries that are covered in her slime. But it's her slime. It's from her body. He's eating her. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a bit like Troll too. He's going to turn into half plant, half duck, the goblin's favorite food. Oh my god. And then Darkwing is a mood because he's gagging and trying not to throw up. And it's like there's these disgusting slime noises as Launchpad is eating the slime-covered food. I just, I don't know. It's consistent, though, because Darkwing is always creeped out when anybody's eating anything he considers somewhat disgusting or even sees something somewhat disgusting and Launchpad is very open-minded and wants to try it maybe possibly a little terminally dumb but you know it comes back when Morgana has her restaurant in Malice's restaurant um what is it the Shadow Chateau or yes something? Shadow Chateau they're all like oh my god your food's amazing and Darkwing's like <laughs> he's a picky eater so. He, he is. That whole scene just grossed me out. And that says something because as you know, Kitty, I used to work as a veterinary technician in an emergency animal hospital. I have been covered in every kind of bodily fluid you can imagine and some that you can't imagine. All the secretions. Yes. And I have smelled things and I have seen things and I have picked things out of wounds that you couldn't imagine. But somehow this is where I draw the line and it is weird slimy noises and Launchpad eating slime-covered fries. I want to know how the Foley artist made the noises. This is where we get to the scene that I brought up in the first episode that truly defined why this episode belongs in the trash. And it's when Goslin says she wants to be his daughter again. I'm tired of being a slimy crime fighter. I just want to be your daughter again. Don't be silly. You're more than a daughter now. You're a tool in the utility belt of justice. And then she runs away. But Launchpad, much to my surprise, actually calls him out because he's like, where did Goslin go? He's like, oh, what did I say something wrong? And Launchpad's like, well, you basically said that you would rather have a slime child than your own daughter. So what the f***, buddy? (laughs) I find usually Launchpad doesn't say anything when Darkwing's being a jerk. So I appreciate it that he actually pointed it out. I want to say that for as much as we talked them up in the last episode, the citizens of St. Canard in this one are big old weenies. <laughs> when Goslin starts eating at the counter, all of them skedaddle, and she eats all their food. And then after she storms off from Darkwing, she's wandering by herself, and everybody that encounters her just books it in the other direction. Oh, so she's too much. <laughs> Everybody else is okay. You got Dr. Slug as your public enemy number one, but this lime child, heaven forbid, hide your kids, hide your wife. <sighs> and then she ends up in an alley and she's lost and Bushroot appears with Spike and basically gets down on his hands and knees and begs Goslin to become his new best friend. Yeah, he's pretty desperate. I like how she also is like, I can't be friends with you. She's like, you're a mutated plant man and I'm a, well. I don't think so. I mean, you're half plant and I'm, I'm, well, okay. I'm half plant too, sort of. (laughs) (laughs) 
and she just kind of deflects it a little bit and then is like, well, hey, well, I guess so. And then they're, you know, he's leading her off. Like, I believe this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Oh my goodness. And then we get to the penultimate scene of this episode, which is he's back at his lab slash greenhouse and he's going on about how now we can have more friends because I have perfected the IQ to you formula. And then Goslin turns around and she has become a mindless slime zombie. She is now completely brain dead. <laughs> and she's also kind of changed shape a little bit. Yeah, she's less humanoid. She's just kind of a, a brick with a, a beak. Yes, and there's something about that that I don't know. I didn't like it. There's something about watching Goslin become all mindless and her voice changes and she's just, I don't know. I hated it. I did not like it. It made me very uncomfortable. And then he vacuums friend, her up. Friend, no like me? <laughs> no. He vacuums her up into like a container and she's just a- Like a blender. A blender. And she's like a gooey puddle with eyes. I think it was, you know, Darkwing and Launchpad in the previous scene, Darkwing has somehow figured out a cure for her. And he's going through the various stages of this serum that Bushroot made. And one of the steps is insanity. And to show this, Goslin just starts like... Okay, that's... She's out of her mind, obviously. Also, apparently indigestion. Which they did not show, but I guess that makes sense. I mean, there was a lot of digestion. She ate a lot. She did. She wasn't guzzling down Pepto. And then there's a scene that I don't understand. Maybe you do and you can explain this. But I can't remember if it's Hedgy or if it's when Darkwing shows up. But Spike pulls Bushroot back. But something's happening to Bushroot. I can't believe I forgot this already. I watched this like an hour ago. But he pulls... Your brain protecting yourself. <laughs> He pulls Bushroot back into his arms to protect him, and Bushroot says, Well, I'm afraid there's no time for that. To Spike, as oh, if- it's when Goslin was trying to eat him, I think. So she goes to, like, grab him, and he's like, Oh, we're affectionate today. And then Spike grabs him and pulls him away from her, which I think that he thinks Spike is trying to hug him. And that's why he's like, And there's no time for that. I thought- Spike was saying something in his nonverbal plant language and Bushroot was responding, but I just didn't understand what that thing was that they had no time for. They're springing for the fences and they're missing just like the little trees. My next observation is that everyone in this episode is very stretchy, which cartoons have a lot mm. of squash and stretch. It is one of the 12 principles of animation. Thank you, mm. Diploma. And... I don't know. It was stretchier than usual. Bushroot's arms are extending out and he's wrapping around Darkwing and Darkwing's getting all weird and stretchy and everybody's really squishy and elastic. I want to backpedal for a second here. Monster Guys is like, Friend? No like me? Bushroot's like, I like you so much, I'm going to cultivate you. It's like a horror movie lighting around him and it's like, whoa, whoa, what? Whoa, I, that was not okay with me. And then, and that I think it was before then too, because it's showing Darkwing and Launchpad trying to get to Bushroot's greenhouse, and he's got the infrared goggles on to follow the slime trail, and he crashes into a truck full of sheep, <laughs> which comes in important later. 
Yeah, I thought that was very specific. And this seems weird. Why is there a truck full of sheep? Is this going to become relevant? And it did. It did, but also really didn't. It just, we'll, we'll come back to that. That's when your girlfriend. Uh, well, first I have in my notes, LP goes in and Goslin's in the blender and LP tries to smash the glass and he makes the weirdest noise. <laughs> he does, but I liked it because I don't think we get to hear that much from Terrence McGovern making crazy noises. It's usually Jim Cummings doing his crazy Darkwing noises. So I enjoyed his vibrating shovel noises. <laughs> and then, yes, the sexy lawn woman appears. And so I was not, in fact, just being thirsty in my head and my memory. <laughs> that lawn was very thirsty, too. It needed a good watering. Oh, why don't you come on up and seed me sometime? Yeah, we got a Mae West impression and a Greta Garbo impression for reasons that only 90s animators will understand. And it's just that whole last unicorn thing again with the tree. It's There's just a weird... She's got like trend. big lips, but they did not give her two mounds of dirt for breasts. So I guess <laughs> I'll, I'll give them points for that. Yes. And you know, what's funny is, of course, she picks up Darkwing and kisses him. And his only complaint is that he doesn't want to get grass stains on his cape. <laughs> that is so. more in character for him, I will say. Yeah. Darkwing down to clan with an actual lawn. <laughs> Cannon. And then it goes back to LP. He's trying to get Gauze out and he accidentally gets sucked in too. And now he's sitting in the blender in Goslin as a puddle. Yeah. And just something about that visual of him sitting in Goslin, just, I could not handle it. I was just, oh, I can't. Shuddering and looking away. Screaming into a pillow. There's just something about the whole concept of somebody turning into slime and people eating the slime and sitting in the slime. I don't know. I can't. Apparently, I'm not a slime person. I know some You're people not... out there are. I've seen stuff on DeviantArt. <laughs> You're not into the slip and slime. <laughs> and then I wrote puns. No. And I think that was the lawn made a pun. Yeah, she made too. She said, come on up and seed me. Then I want to be a lawn. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> but yeah that's a Greta Garbo line she says I want to be alone that's Amazing. that yeah not really it's really not it's very low hanging fruit they could have done better <laughs> and then Darkwing and Bushroot team up to defeat the lawn oh and the lawn became alive because Spike somehow intercepted the little vial of the I keep wanting to call it GICU2 but I know that's a gyro invention <laughs> so that's not this it's the IQ2U and he buries it in the lawn, and that's why the lawn becomes alive. And it's very easily thwarted because he gets a leg up from Bushroot and hops over the whole thing and then brings back that truckload of sheep. And then they eat her alive. <laughs> I thought that was kind of dark. She's like, ow, oh, no, <laughs> stop. And then they just, like, walk inside. They walk away. Excuse and they... me? They let her perish. And especially since Bushroot has just been trying to make himself a girlfriend nonstop, basically, since he became a plant man, <laughs> this is an actual female presenting piece of astroturf. And he's just like, no, that's okay. 
I'm just gonna go inside and see what's going on up here as these sheep graze her to death. Darkwing himself seems to show very little empathy towards villains and evildoers, and this was a good example of that. I'm just going to have this lawn get ripped apart by sheep. She can probably feel every piece of grass being ripped out of her lawn body. Yeah, I mean, she's vocalizing that she can. (laughs) (sighs) And, uh, it's like, it's just, it's pretty, it's pretty dark, man. It's pretty dark. I will say I kind of like the scene that follows this where they get Goslin and Launchpad out of the blender thing. And then mm-hmm. Darkwing decides to let Bushroot escape. And Bushroot's just staring at him happily like a really dumb yes. copy. <laughs> yes, and it's the same animation, the same scene for like two of them at least. Where he's like, I mean, uh. Uh, Don't expect me to turn my back while you escape! And Busher's just blinking, like, "Uh uh-huh. And and then finally, he gets the hit, and Darkwing lets him go. And then has some nonsense thing about, well, he just didn't know that he had a friend at his side all along, as him and Spike are puffing it into the woods. And then we get to our final scene. Yes, as I think the scene is fading out, we just hear Launchpad say, GDW, we gotta get Goslin back to Darkwing Tower so you can give her back to the house. He even says, we gotta get her back to the house so that you can give her her antidote. Like, well, okay, we just forgot to put that actual part into the episode. So here, Terry, just read this real quick. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently it turns out the antidote is just soap and water. Is that what it is? I thought he had cured her and then... I thought the implication was that the antidote was literally soap and water and that she just had to take a bath. That's how I read it. That was the implication to me, was it was some kind of really stupidly simple solution. That makes me furious. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense to me in terms of cartoon logic that the cure would be dropping her into a bathtub and making her take a bath and somehow that just fixes everything. I feel like they would have shown her actually drinking the antidote if it was really important, and it just, I don't know, that's how I read it. You're probably right. I, that, and that infuriates me slightly, but I think you're probably right. I just assumed that he had it back at the house. I gave it to her, and then he gave her a bath because she was gross, but yeah, no, you're probably right. It probably is that dumb. My last note was an observation I made was that there did not appear to be a toilet in this bathroom. And Well, you know why? I said perhaps Kitty's theory about Disney executives was correct. You can't let them know. <laughs> I love any scene where Goslin and Drake do any kind of cute parent-child stuff. So Drake's sitting there scrubbing her while she's whining about taking a bath. I thought that was cute. That's the episode, what? though. And she still had her pigtails in. As you know, but yeah, no, it was it was a cute ending. There really wasn't much to save it. Can go right in that dumpster, uncontested. What is your uh, rating on the Quackerware freshness scale? I gave it a one out of five. I'm gonna give it a minus fifteen. It is rank okay. and rotten, and it belongs in the garbage. Even Negaduck would not eat it. Wow. So I think it's safe to say, and no like me. <laughs> No offense intended or disrespect intended to the writers of this episode. It's just everything about this episode, aside from the few things I brought up that I liked, it's just 
a big no for it's me. Not... So there we go. You did it, and We only had to watch it once for the podcast, so you never have to watch this episode again. Gonna haunt me in my dreams. Well, I hear if you take a bath with nothing but soap and a brush, then you'll be clean forever. Good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we have any closing thoughts? Closing thoughts. We're not going to do an episode review next week. Indeed. We're going to give Ange a week off. I mean, we had discussed a couple things. Had you settled on one? Yes, I thought next week we should do the episode about the curious tweets of Tad Stones. Oh, okay. And this will be an episode basically where Ange tells me a whole bunch of things that I don't know because I don't really keep up with that side of things slash anything. So maybe we'll learn together, dear listeners. Oh, it's going to be so exciting. I am going to talk about the various things that Darkwing Duck creator Tad Stones has said on social media related to Darkwing Duck and canon ideas that were never mentioned in the show, but he has brought up and how it causes mass chaos and panic and at one point even made the news. What? Oh my God, I'm so excited. (laughs) It's going to be fun. I can't wait. I already have like a whole thing typed up with a whole bunch of things to talk about and I'm going to pull up the tweets and I'm going to show them to you so I can get your thoughts. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited. Speaking of tweets, so over on the Sleepless Insane Canard Twitter, which is at CanardPod, I had put up a poll from the question from our last episode about the classification of the episode of Twitching Channels, and because I had characterized it, wait, what was that word? Characterized it characterized. as... <sighs> I had categorized it as alternate universe and Ange had said that it was an outdated pop culture and as of right now you all are agreeing with Ange right now it's 22% think alternate universe 78% think outdated pop culture reference so I'm gonna leave it open just in case you know I create five more Twitter accounts to uh, (laughs) vote on this and even the score how many people have voted nine Ooh, a whole nine people. And that's just not German for no. You might be confused from your DVD episodes. That's actually pretty impressive. I wasn't expecting a full nine people, including myself and you. I was gonna ask, because I didn't vote on it. So you know what? There's gonna be ten, and I'm gonna lose by marginally less. You did vote on the poll? I did. Oh, okay, alright. So I'm just gonna click on that real quick and lose by a little less no that's i will defer to everyone's judgment it was very outdated pop culturally i did post the poll on facebook nobody voted Uh, because nobody has joined the facebook group (laughs) so nobody can see the poll because they have to be in the facebook group it's very exclusive it's very lonely i need friends you need to have at least five hedges come to life in order to be accepted into the Facebook group. And you have to hit at least five pilots with a rolled up newspaper. All you have to do is go to Facebook and type in Sleepless in St. Canard. Join that group. Please join Ange on Facebook. Please don't like Ange create a whole bunch of dummy accounts to keep herself company, <laughs> which would be what Bushroot would do. That is absolutely what Bushroot would do on social media. He would make dummy accounts and talk to himself. 
Wow, you're such a cool guy. Wow, I wish I could be your girlfriend. They're all in the same IP address in one lonely greenhouse. Makes himself a sock puppet girlfriend account. Oh my god, yeah. Just like an anime waifu. And he photoshops himself in there. We'll have to talk more about Bushroot because he will become one of the topics in the Tadstones episode next week. Okay, cool beans, cool beans. Do you know how many episodes he's in? Bushroot? Yeah. I want to say eight, but let me double check that. Really? Because I got sleeplessinsaintcanard.com, which is sleepless-saintcanard, saintcanard is stcanard.com. I created a beginner's episode guide and episodes sorted by character appearance. Da-da-da-da. If I go there right now and I search up Bushroot, oh, I was wrong. It's 14 episodes, but two oh, of them wow. two of them are non-speaking roles. He makes a cameo in Ghoul of My Dreams and Time and Punishment in the dream mm. sequence in Ghoul of My Dreams and then in the flashback in Time and Punishment where Dark Warrior yeah, smashes them. Incarcerations. If you would like to check out the beginner's episode guide and judge me on what I consider to be the fan favorite episodes, you just head on over to sleepless-saintcanard.com. Thank you for giving me an opportunity, Kitty, to segue into a useful advertisement. You know what? That's what you pay me for. (laughs) I pay you in love. And you know what? My bank account is full. Keep it coming. Bank account. Filling. (laughs) Filling with love. It's all good. Yeah, I should probably check out Sleepless in St. Canard and realize how many episodes all these characters are in since we're going to be watching more of them. Probably at the end of next week's episode of me screaming about what Tad Stones has done, we'll spin that wheel once again and see what horrors await us Indeed. in the future. But for now, I think this is us signing off. And remember that crime doesn't sleep and neither do we. <laughs> Trying to look up the German word for goodbye. Auf Wiedersehen. Ah, Auf Wiedersehen. Yeah. Uh, oh, how do you pronounce it? Oh, oh, now you're making me. I don't. I don't really speak German. Auf Wiedersehen. I think. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen, which is goodbye in German. My apologies to the people of Germany for butchering their language. The entire population of Germany, as well as. Kiki, I forgot it again. <laughs> Kiki Erpel. Kiki Erpel, we apologize to you first and foremost. We are very sorry. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.